You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? We're back. We are back. Oh, my God. It has been entirely too long. Last time I seen y'all, I think it was April 4th for episode six with Kayla Bailey. Had to take a little break. Sadly, your girl got COVID. So that just took us off the rails for a little minute. But we were back. I am healthy. I'm so happy to be here with you guys for the live premiere of episode seven of Art of the Matter. The art of collaboration featuring the one and only Miss Carolyn Hitt. And we are here once again for Art of the Matter is to show for, by, and about artists that seeks to highlight where we are right now in the world of art and public art and arts and culture. You know, obviously we've been through a lot in these past couple of years and there's a lot of public art that's taking place. There's a call for art that's happening around the world. We are the people who answer those calls and we want you to get to know us. So that is why Art of the Matter is here. And of course, I am your host, T-Dub. Welcome. Thank you guys for joining us for the live premiere. We are here at the Black Media Matter Studio, Converge Media, holding it down. You know, we make sure we get everything out there for y'all. From the people to the people. Read it. <laughs> yes. Again, thank you guys so much for being here. We have a really great show for you guys tonight. Obviously, the live premiere of Episode 7 will happening in just a moment. Before we get into that, we want to make sure that we let you guys know that you can contact us and check in with us live during the show. So if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook, make sure to leave a comment and let us know what you think. If you're rocking with the show, let us know. If you got a question of me or one of the artists, let us know. We like to chime in with y'all. You know what I mean? This is what the live show is all about. You know what I mean? Definitely. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Thank you for that, Salman. No, you got it just right. That was perfect. <laughs> and of course, you know, we got to check in with a little swag, a little minute right quick. Go ahead and give me that full catch the drip. Hey, I got my black violin socks on today. A little um, Alive in Paradise joint, Alive and Well collaboration with Paradise Avenue South. Shout out to both of y'all keeping the city dripped as usual. About to change this to um, catch the wave real quick. You know what I'm saying? Because your girl is in there. Definitely. <laughs> Yes, we are here and it's May. It's May 2nd, second day of May. And this is Taurus season, you guys. So if you don't know nothing about me, I am a Taurus through and through. I am a bull. I am connected with the earth. I am grounded. I am that one. So we're going to be repping Taurus season all month long, of course. So all my Tauruses out there stand up, most definitely. <laughs> Very cool. Um, we did the contact, so um, did the drip. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, some art news. I think we got a nice little overlay. Some stuff going on here in the city, of course. Uh, public display art is has a call for artists right now for LGBTQ artists. If you are an artist, uh, public display art would like to hear from you. Um, they have some stuff going on for their pride uh, celebration. Uh, hashtag Show Your Pride. Um, they're looking for LGBTQ artists. So if you are interested, hit up public display art. They got some dope stuff going on. Um, question, did you guys know that Tina Knowles was in Seattle last night? Yes, <laughs> she was here. Um, they had the uh, Black Film Festival at Langston, of course. Shout out to Langston Hughes. Um, we're gonna keep that going, Salman. Keep that up for me for a second. Um, she was here with her husband um, and they premiered a new movie. So shout out to Langston, bringing out Miss Tina Knowles. Beyonce's mom was here, you guys. That is amazing. So I definitely had to make sure I plugged that in. Um, as well as my sis, Aramis Hamer, is actually going to be doing a TED Talk at the University of Washington, May 7th, 
the news is out there. It finally dropped today. Had to give my sister a shout out. Shout out to Aramis, you know, doing her thing, about to do the TED Talk. She has been killing the game on the art scene with her Patreon, with her YouTube. Like she is the queen of content. She is just like a really, really dope example of how to get your artwork out there. So shout out to Aramis doing that TED Talk with UW. And finally, uh, Seattle Times actually put out an article today highlighting 23rd and Union and the block of 23rd, the CD, letting them know what's going on here in the CD. Um, and I was like, I was actually one of the artists that was featured in in that in that um, in that article that came out today. So definitely check out Seattle Times um, for that little bit of news. Very cool stuff going on in the city, of course. And yes, so that's what we got going on. Um, what else next? What we got next? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, actually, now that we've done our art news, up next we're about to take a quick little break. But before we come back, I'll let you know we got some really dope artists in the house tonight. Miss Julie C. MC, community organizer, all things are all things dopeness. She is here in studio with us as well as Miss Carolyn Hitt, our featured artist, is here as well. We're going to get into some conversations, talk about some things, art, talk about forever safe spaces, talk about mutual aid, talk about on the block, which is the dope new thing they have going on on Capitol Hill. Um, so, yeah, we're about to get into it right after this break. You're watching Art of the Matter. As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Vesa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Baker. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. The breathtaking new musical, Afterwards, is the story of the art we make from the love that shapes us. When three women discover unexpected truths, a dazzling mosaic of intersecting lives reveals itself. Featuring a revelatory and soulful new score. Don't miss the world premiere of this captivating new musical, Afterwards, at the Fifth Avenue Theater, April 29th to May 21st. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Welcome back, y'all, to the episode. Oh, we got somebody doing some donuts outside. <laughs> yes, episode seven, Art of the Matter live show. I am your host, T-Dub, of course, and we have some incredibly special guests in the studio with us tonight. We got Miss Julie C. and Miss Carolyn here. What's up, ladies? How y'all feeling? I am so glad you guys are here. You guys have been a force these past couple of years holding it down on Capitol Hill on the art scene, on the culture scene, on the organizing scene, like doing all the things. And of course, you know, there's a there's a few things that you guys have going on lately. I want to talk to you guys about those. Um, I guess we could start with Forever Safe Spaces and kind of how that all came about, if we could, if you have any sort of like, you know, because you guys have been kind of doing your own solo things for a while. And you guys recently came together and became like a, a pretty dynamic duo when it comes to what's going on on the hills. So can you tell us about how that relationship came together maybe <laughs> yeah sure yeah um i think 
When COVID first hit, I was very afraid. It was so much things that I had to keep inside because I didn't know where to place my feelings. Most of my information for COVID is from my own research. I'm a doctor in educational leadership. And when the FDA approved Pfizer, it helped me realize that the vaccination is healthy. We don't want to be left behind because we're not taking the vaccine. But we want to get as much information as possible so that we are putting ourselves in better hands and not at great risk. All right, folks, we are back. This is live TV, okay? These are the things that happen. You know, you have technical difficulties sometimes, but we are artists, we are creative. We wallow and we pivot, right? Okay, and we're back with our guests, Miss Julie C and Miss Carolyn Hitt. And uh, before we took that quick little intermission, um, <laughs> we were talking about, you know, how you guys kind of came together as a duo and what you guys have been doing um, up on Capitol Hill. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to start. Yeah, because I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I first met Carolyn maybe about six years ago when um, in the midst of organizing Seattle Artists Coalition for Equitable Development. Right. And just had a lot of respect for the space that was being held by Blue Cone Studios. Yes. Was having the Tuesday tea drop-ins and yep. really building community, you know. Um, and um, and so that was maybe our first introduction. She mm -hmm. was part of that coalition as well. And it was really... Um, when the pandemic first hit, yeah, we had a session at Vermilion with a lot of folks from the art community because we knew how this was going to come down on artists. Right, right, yes. But then when the protests popped off, mm -hmm. it ended up our community really being frontline. And right. so um, I think that's the genesis of Forever Safe Spaces as a story, if you want to take it from here. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty, pretty good telling. Yeah. Um, you know, and since I met Julie, like one of the things that I have to say is she was really the like one of the only people out there that I really felt could see what we were doing right. at Blue Cone. Right. You know, and really went out of her way, um, got us grants like that I didn't ask for. I certainly wasn't applying for them. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? I could barely keep the doors open, let yeah. alone like it was everything I could do to keep the doors open. Yeah. And I think she recognized that in a way that sometimes like we don't even have the capacity to ask for help, mm -hmm. but there are people out that know that you need it. Yeah. And I think maybe we both align in that way totally, um, and pay a lot of attention to like just the people around us and the people that we're working with. And so the fact that she heard that call that I didn't make, you right. know what I right. mean? Yes. Like has, has forever been, you know, so um, meaningful to me. Absolutely. And so when, you know, when things started popping off and anytime, um, you know, Julie would hit me up for a thing. Hey, show up at this thing. Right. And I'm like, you know, I don't go to meetings. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just come, just come. And I'm like, yeah, for you, of course. Yeah. Like, of course. Yes. You know, and I think it just turned out, you know, in this world where we're just kind of out here sometimes often feeling very alone in what we're trying to build. Right. Um, that it was always like this sense that I could call you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know, I know the one person right. that will show up. Yes. If I if I need help. Right. If I call. Right. Or we'll figure out how we can get help. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's it's so dope. it's literally never never failed. Yeah. And that's so dope, man. That we have people like that in our community, and a space like Blue Cone can bring that level of community engagement to Capitol Hill, to the art scene, to the youth, and to you know people who are disenfranchised in that nature. So like thinking about like forever safe spaces and what and how important that is. Can you tell us about like what what the goal is of forever safe spaces and and how how important it is to the community? I will definitely let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you know, forever safe spaces is about is about 
holding space for creativity in a way that transforms how that cultural labor is valued. Mm. Right now, our economic systems has things set up in a way where obviously the only aspects of creativity that's valued is when there's a product that a corporation can eat off of and you know so goes Ooh. and so we have this like huge lopsided growth in our cities right yeah. where and which contributes to the displacement and gentrification and everything right. because of that lopsided valuing of creative labor and cultural right. labor right. and so fss is really about we see that value we know that value we yeah. want to embody that value and we want to support each other and our kindred spirits right. in being that shift and being that change um and particularly in this era where there was such disruption on a, on a global social level right. um, that it really is going to take a lot of creativity to um, yeah, root and sustain and create a better world. Absolutely. And I think that is so important because as an artist myself, a person who has been called to so much action in the past couple of years, you know, sometimes it can get exhausting. Right. You know what I mean? And like we talk about, we'll talk about it later in the episode, how you spoke about the pandemic really gave you a sense of relief because you were you were doing so much that that gave you an opportunity to just rest and not have to do so many things all at once. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So thinking about the productivity of creativity, mm -hmm. like you spoke about, like and the commodification of it. You know what I mean? Like we can't keep going on that cycle where it's just product, product, product. There are so many steps in between the products that are necessary for sustainability of the person who has to actually make it. You know what I mean? Right. So thinking about a space like Forever Safe Spaces, being a refuge for artists to just be able to chill for a little minute. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really, really dope what you guys are doing. And I really, really appreciate it. Well, I think of, I, I think of too, you know, because as you know, the ideology of Forever Safe Spaces, but then there are the actual spaces right. that we hold, yeah. you know, and the fact that in, especially in Capitol Hill, where very few um, communal art spaces exist anymore, right. and especially not at an affordable price that anybody, you know, you'd have to pack 10 artists in there and they'd all get a little cubby and right. it's not, you know, like, and that still wouldn't serve those that need the spaces the most. Right. Um, you know, and have, and so like being able to have residencies and spaces where people can explore, yeah. that's actually what's rare. Right. Because even to get to a point where you feel like you can afford a studio, you have got to have been able to produce so much in is. order to feel like it's value. It's, you know, it's a, what's the word? Like, um, like it's a proper investment, right? Like right. I'm going to make money off of this so I can afford to do this. You yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. what about those people? And what about the explorations that don't, that don't take place in, you know, like yeah. what before that, right. like what happens before that? Where right. are the incubators? Right. Right. And so that's a lot. What I think of is like, we need these safe spaces that aren't about competition, mm -hmm. that aren't about, um, you know, judgment, mm -hmm. that aren't about your critique, right. that are literally there so that you can explore your creativity, explore different disciplines, if, explore different mediums, mm -hmm. not have to commit to them. You know, like maybe you, maybe you tried painting, maybe you sucked at it. Right. But, but while you were there, like, then you started getting into some clay work and yeah. now like you really like that. Yeah. Because I find that people a lot of times will give up on their creativity, which is such a sort of um, healing form of expression. Yes. 
in any way. They give up on it because they tried something that they're not good at or that doesn't speak to them. Right. But the, the accessibility of the different kinds of art mm-hmm. and the different kinds of creativity is so low. Yeah. Like you have to be sure. Yes. Like I'm going to be a drawer. Right. So I will get all of the pencils. Yes. And I can't actually afford to now go explore this other thing because yeah. like, you know, this shit's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to have supplies or tools or things to just try, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like that's what's going to build our new um, generation of artists. Right. But those places just simply don't exist. They do not. For no, for no, for no cost. You yeah. know what I mean? Or they I cost. Do. They're, they're, you know, people are, the rent is too damn high. The rent she's is too trying damn high. Say. Yeah. <laughs> you the know what I mean? It's too damn high. And this <laughs> idea of, of play, of creativity, of incubation is something that you've been championing for a very long time with Blue Cone and with Tuesday Tea. Right. You know what I mean? So to see it go from like Tuesday Tea, we had our, you know, a few folks and now you have created Fever State Spaces, which is an opportunity to champion all of the spaces that have been doing this work. Right. You know what I mean? And that's something that's, that we've also been talking about too a lot of the times with everything that's been happening is like there are institutions and organizations who have been doing this work for a very long time. Julie C., you've been on the, you've been on the grind for a minute now doing this type of stuff. Definitely. You know? And, I, and I, you know, sitting here in, in Converge's studio too, I really want to name that like creative resistance has got deep cultural legacy in Seattle deep. Like I see our work as a part of a a history and a long history. If you think about the work that was happening coming out of Langston Hughes, right? Right. In the the 80s and 90s, and even stretching before that from the 70s African drumming movement in Seattle, Mm -hmm. there is like a distinct, as a hip hop artist, I see myself as a student of the Central District, like hip hop, you know, community um, in Seattle. And that history is so deep and it is rooted in accessibility and the facilitation of spaces and 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 using the art and the cultural practices not as product but as process for human growth as human development and the value of that is so tremendous and it's crazy because we have this whole history in seattle to where even the whole teen drop-in you know how there's like the teen night drop-in centers right yep you look at like sneako productions and they really kick that off all across the country and culture was always supposed to be an aspect of it right art and creativity was supposed to be a part of what people were able to access when they dropped in versus just sports or just you know a community center or something like that right and so um i really see the work that we're doing as weaving that history that creative resistance that legacy and that systemic transformation and bringing that into um into the now and to meet the needs of the things. <laughs> Man, I love how like when you when you talk when you talk your talk right there, you're still kind of spitting. You know what I mean? I still see you like working the mic, like yeah, really see in the middle. I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. And again, like you you two are like really really working and doing some dope things for community for the youth for art not just in Capitol Hill, but for the city at large. And so can you talk about some of the other stuff that you guys have going on? I know On the Block is something that's coming up really soon. You want to tell folks about that and how big and dope that is, Yeah, you know? That's actually, that's actually super exciting. Um, and, and it's another part of Julie always listening, yeah. right? Because Diana, so On the Block um, shout is- to Diana shout, shout, shout out to Diana. Shout out to Diana Vermillion. Yes, yes. Come on. Um, so Diana and I have been talking about, I mean, I've been talking about closing down 11th Avenue yes. forever, <laughs> like probably since I opened Blue Code, because yes. I'm like, look, here's what would be dope. Uh-huh. Um, right. And we see all of these other things, sh- throwing all these other festivals yeah. and 
Um, you know, there's always been concerned about the garages and things like that, but it's always, we've, we actually did it a couple of times. Yeah. And then during the, and then during the, um, COVID during yep. the shutdown, we just kind of took over the street yep. and just kind of did it whenever we wanted. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but in all of that doing, you know, Julie then sort of like teamed up, um, us with Diana and Rio over at Throwbacks Northwest. Shouts out to Rio. Oh, see you repping, repping the brand. So, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so now we've got a really solid crew that are, that are, that are really hosting this street market, local mm -hmm. artists, local vendors, vintage, local music, yes. local dancers. You know. you know what I mean? Like bringing, bringing a place where there are no gates. Yes. There's no entrance fee. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it's our people and we're going to throw block parties. Yes. And you guys are planning to do that every month, right? Every second, every Perfect. second Saturday from um, starting May, starting this month, all the way through October. Boom. And it, and it really is about like this hyper generating this hyper local economy that is about the symbiosis of creatives and, and artistry in our direct community. Mm -hmm. And it is like, I feel like a movement that's happening. We see that happening with them. Um, shouts to the homies in Tacoma, right? They right. have this whole movement around that as well there. And, um, I think it's like a first Fridays in Oakland or something mm -hmm. like that. So I feel like we're seeing like a global transformation to where it's like return to the hyper local return to how do we value each other? How do we value our neighbors? How do we create a sustainable economy yeah. around art that is not based off of the industry as is mm -hmm. because those industries yeah. are not here to sustain us. Real talk. And there's no longevity in that. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things that I've been championing in my own artistic practice is like I'm working with these companies and they have these ideas about I want a mural here. I want this there. And it's like, well, what happens after that? Right. You know what I mean? What happens when when the boards come down? What's our relationship then? Right. You know, so right. we out here. Yeah. Doing the things, but yes. So again, on the block happening May through October, Julie C. Carolyn hit. Let the people know. Again, first I want to say thank you guys for being here. Thank you for joining us, of course. Thank you for having um, and let the people know how they can support Forever Safe Spaces on the block, Blue Cone Studios, all the things you guys have going on. These are the one, these are the ones you need to be talking to if you got want to do some stuff on Capitol Hill with the art scene. They're who you should call. So let them know how to get in contact with y'all. <laughs> all right then um well you can definitely if you want to support you know the rents are always due and a lot of times it's Amen. really just julie and i hustling right. um actually all of most pretty much only that's what is happening <laughs> um julie and i hustling in whichever way we can yeah it's um, like month to month it won't always be this way it won't because Amen. we want to support yes, yes please. here's how to do it here's yes. how to do it yes At blue cone studios Hit up that Venmo. You, you can yeah. you can Venmo Blue right Cone now. Studios. <laughs> um, you can also send a PayPal to BlueConeStudios at gmail.com. Um, you can hit our Forever Safe Spaces Instagram, and that's got a bit.ly where you can make a tax-deductible donation if you'd like. Beautiful. Um, for On the Block, we'd like you to show up. Yes. Uh, Saturday, May 14th, 1 to 9, we'll have an exclusive drop of shirts um, that you can only get on the block um that day I'm definitely no pre-orders no late orders <laughs> yes. when they're out they're out yes. and um a limited number will be available for each uh saturday this summer so you definitely want to collect them all but you you got to show up to do that mm -hmm. um show up to support your community show up to like have a great time and see what everybody's been up to during the pandemic because there's a lot of vendors out there that got stacks of shit right that are like hey so i've been making years. a lot of yeah. things yes yes <laughs> Exactly. And now it's time.
to share them. To share them. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, yeah, you guys heard it here first. Thank you, Julie and Carolyn, for being here. Carolyn, I'm going to have you stick around because after this break, we are about to get into that episode premiere while we're all here. Episode seven premiere, Art of the Matter. Carolyn hit right after the break. You're watching Art of the Matter. Hey, shout out to True Proof. He in the studio right now, slapping some photos for a shout out, homie. Yes, we are back. Art of the Matter. Episode seven live premiere is about to happen in just a minute. But first, we want to tap in with the featured artist, Miss Carolyn Hitt. What's going on, C? What's going on? Yes. I'm so I'm, happy to be here with you. Oh, I'm so happy that you're here, honestly. Like, We've come so far. We have come so far. And that is why I had to have you in the studio so we could talk about it. Because obviously, the, the episode is only so long. And we talk. Right. Like we could talk right forever, right. you know what I mean? Right. So I definitely wanted to tap in with you and just kind of get a feel for, you know, how you been doing? <laughs> doing, yeah. you know, like we've been, we've been doing, it's, um, you know, it's heavy grant season and yes. trying to still work, still working to get all of the studios up to their optimal capacity, which means still yeah. a little bit of building out. We still got dump runs to do. We sure. still got some storage. Sure. Um, really coming out of the pandemic and remodels and handling sort of new studios and yeah. um, keeping those, getting getting those so that artists can begin creating. So like it's a constant process in that. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, got to go take down earlier in the year, we helped the BIPOC stack, the tiny artist house community right. uh, put up a tiny house at the Bellevue Art Museum. And so yeah. we're going to take that down this week. So Great. that should be muscly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she'll, should take some things and then, um, yeah, we've got a couple of exciting things coming up, but I'm, right. I'm going to wait to share until I have a little bit more official news. Love that. Love that. Um, but you know, we're settling in a couple of new, uh, interns that we have through Northwest Folklife for their workforce development program. Beautiful. Um, uh, in exhibition. Um, we also have a pottery intern coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's pretty exciting, but it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of admin, a lot of, yeah, you know, and you're doing it all and you're wearing all the hats, man. Well, there's so many hats and Julie and I wear as many as we can each, right. right. We're definitely at capacity, right? Right. Right. <laughs> We're definitely at capacity. Yeah. Um, but uh, things are looking really good and I'm really excited for the summer. I, I think we have a lot of really exciting things coming up. Dope, dope. Yeah. And you are no stranger to hard work and, you know, having had the opportunity to finally see. So if you guys don't know, I was a, I was a key holder at Blue Cone Studios for about five years. And oh, just, gee. yeah. So just oh, before gee. I know. Right. <laughs> so just before, um, you know, the pandemic, you know, there was plans to, to, to remodel the studio and that actually finally happened. And to think about where Blue Cone was and how it was functioning then and how I went into this sort of like cocoon mode and is now reblossoming into okay. this, you know, multi-leveled space. Multi-levels. It's like next level in there now. I was so excited. Literally. Yeah. We literally have a next level in there. Literally have a next level in there. So can you talk about like, the importance of, again, like spaces, like the spaces like Blue Cone, what it has been for people and what you hope it will be. Um, I can, I'll tell you in just a story recently. So recently I was at uh, the station mm -hmm. and did the night mom market Yes, and uh, had a handful of my paintings. And it's, it's strange because I don't usually do markets at all. Right. Um, but I had had some, I had had some paintings that I wasn't, you know, like that I wanted to show more. Yeah. Um, and a young woman there 
came and she she wanted a painting so bad. Mm -hmm. um, she found one that she really liked for my flow series. Yes, um, yes. And but she couldn't afford it at the time. Turned out that it, the number on the painting was the number of her birthday, and you know how I like numbers. Oh yes. So that was and um, and her name was Mercy. Mercy, if you're there. Wow. Um, but she 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 was like, I'll, I'll pick it up at the end of the month. She came by to pick it up and it asked about the studios, you know, asked if we were in Crybaby Studios because mm -hmm. our the study that we have is downstairs of Crybaby Studios. Yep. And I was like, well, that's one of them. And then there's the other two. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh my goodness, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, you know, and I was like, oh, well, we've got, we've got the, the our painting, painting, ceramics, construction, fabrication studio right. is upstairs. That's Blue Cone. Yep. Um, and then we have our sort of brainstorming, recording, podcasting studio. That's the study that's yep. down in Crybaby Studios. Yep. And then we have 206 Liminal, um, which is our photography, infinity wall, sewing machine. You know, we have industrial sewing machines. Right. Um, studio and at, at some point would like to put the screen printing studio down there. Man. But her mind was so blown and she was like, man, man, what have I been missing? I got to tap in. I got, right. and she kept saying, I got to tap in. And I was like, babe, you just did. You just did. You know what I mean? And she's a writer. Right. And she had asked like, well, could I just sit up there and get away and write? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's the sweetest thing. And I was like, absolutely. You know what? I think there's probably a handful of people who would like to do that. Right. Perhaps we can exchange if you wanted to host a writer's evening and then we can talk about how you could, you know, visit the studio on your own time other times. Yeah. But then, you know, like if we could do both, yeah. that would be wonderful because I'm not the one to sit there for a writer's right. evening. You know, I'm like, I'll unlock the doors, but like <laughs> the sitting still and writing and writing bit is y'all that's not my yeah. shit you know what i mean like i'll be there for the collage night i'll right. be there for ceramics night right you know but that's not my one but it would yeah. be nice to have somebody that was really interested in that mm -hmm. but then also that helps build the community amongst people that have like discipline yes right that i can't i can't give her that i mean i could i could be like well here's some people i think would like writing sure you know what i mean yeah um but then they develop their own relationships out of that so that is like in that experience like that is the essence of blue cone yes and that is the essence of what i want to be able to offer to community right right yeah. whereas if if the studio was rented out in time you know and everybody had their and you know like little box it, and, you know yeah. it would be different like i couldn't just freely be like no you yeah. want to host it you want to have a writing night yeah. like that would be great i know yeah. tons of people who would love to show up to that right right yeah um but I can't do it all anymore. You know, I did, I did Tuesday tea myself pretty much every, I think we only missed a couple, Yeah. you know, in five years. Right. And I'm, you know, like I, I have more things that I'm doing. So like, that's a, that's a thing where like, but I still want these programs to continue. Right. So that's where we, you know, yeah. where we reach out and we network and we want to make sure that these spaces are available. Absolutely. Right. And to be able to say it so easily, not yeah. like, oh, let me check my manager. Right. Let me see when I can schedule you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's realistic. I live close by, mm -hmm. you know, you could call me. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like that. That's so like, beautiful. That is the essence of what it is. And it's really beautiful. And that's literally what it is. And that's why spaces like Blue Cone, spaces like 206 Liminal, spaces like, you know, the, stu the study are so important to you know, just thinking about just how you how you spoke about that. You know what I mean? You had this interaction with this young lady. She's a writer. You put the power in her hands. 
You know right. what I mean? To be like, you're right. You, you know some writers. Here's a space for you to do that. You could host a night and like you create possibility with right. that type of language. You know what I mean? And that's that's also not something that you get in other art spaces. Right. And I think that really speaks to just who you are as a person. So, again, thank you for just being a dope ass leader. You know what I mean? And just like an opportunity creator for so many people of all walks of life, even if it's not your bag, even if you're not a writer, you want to create spaces for writers still. You know what you I mean? Need all of I so, mean, I mean, like if if if. Like, what's the future of our culture right. if we don't um, support artists at every stage? Yeah. You know, like, we can't just be supporting artists when they are a product, as Julie's, you know what I mean? Yes. We've got to be able to support all the growth that they can go through yeah. to take them to their final destination, to their final thriving moments. Mm -hmm. Or not final, but you know what I mean? Yeah, to yeah. Take them to what they're, you know, like, bring them to their passion and yeah. really navigate that. You know, I was really lost at a young age and didn't find any spaces like this right. and got myself in all hell kinds of trouble. Right. You know, and I think I, you know, I think had there been somewhere to go, mm -hmm. had there been anybody mm -hmm. that gave one shit right. about me enough to like offer a thing, you yeah. know, because I'm extra introverted too. So like, I'm not actually the one to go out to other spaces and try to invite myself into them. Right. Like that's very scary. Right. And it's scary for a reason because they're not all very welcoming. Yeah. Right. So, and I think that's why I, I feel so like why I'm so welcoming because I wish anybody had been like, Oh, Hey, yeah. You want to do a thing? Yeah. Here's somewhere you can do a thing. You know, do you know what I mean? That's so I real. think that's just that it's my own. Like, I wish I, I wish anybody, I, anybody had seen right. how much that would do for me. Right. Right. Beautiful and very real. And I know so many, there's so many people that can relate to that, to that, you know, experience. Speaking of relating to experiences, we are about to get into this episode. Okay. Carolina, I didn't know I was going to have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point. You know, we right here, we're right here with it. We're going to get the, we're going to get the raw, real reactions right. from the artists themselves. But yes, before we get into this, do you have anything that you want to say to the viewers before we get into this episode um just thank you so much for watching uh thank you for your support through all the years yeah. and um continued support yeah and that's probably that's probably it, it. for now thank yeah. you thank you <laughs> thank course. you thanks for you know like following your dreams and continuing to go and um, continuing to push forward because this shit hasn't been easy and so it's, it's just Great to see you here. It's great to be here with you. Likewise, likewise. We are in it. We are in this show. Okay, so now we're about to get into it. Episode seven, right here, Art of the Matter. I was always really concerned because there's this idea like you got to have a style, you got to be a thing, you got to be a certain thing. Right. And and I really struggled with that for a long time because I didn't, I, I never wanted my practice to stop in a place. I like to think of my history as an artist as a series of collections. And I don't know that I'm trying to find my style. I yeah. think this is my style. This is a really dope moment. I'm here with Carolyn Hitt, who I like to consider the mayor of Capitol Hill because you have been a fixture on these streets for some years now in a number of ways. Um, and I guess we can start at the very beginning. I got Blue Cone fall of 2015. Okay. And it was sort of thrust upon me. Right. As things are sometimes in that um, Mark, 
Mueller, who's in the space, we all, yeah, um, and had Marth. been in the space for years, um, used to be a regular at my at the restaurant I worked at, Americana. Boom. Right? Mm -hmm. And we had talked art because I used to put up art walk there. Uh-huh. Because that's sort of like, I, I mean, I was doing art, I was just doing it there, yeah. you know, and making it in my house and meeting with my friends in the house. And we had, we had done, um, a, we had done a blue cone project, which wow. is wild. That's so um, wild. Like it was called a blue cone because we just put a blue cone <laughs> in the parking lot so that the cars wouldn't, while we were spray painting this wall that we weren't <laughs> even supposed to be painting. I mean, the landlord at the time was like, yeah, I guess you can paint it. And I was like, okay, sure, we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> and it was not, it was, it was not a great mural by any stretch. But again, like I didn't even know, I didn't even know how to use spray cans at the wow. time. We oh. all sort of like came together, did this video, did a, did a random one week, put up a mural and an art show at Americana. Okay. Right. Yep. But right up, right after that, um, Mark had come in one day into the restaurant and he was very much in a panic. He was okay. kind of upset. I could tell he was distraught. Uh, Pete who'd had, who had the front studio and was also managing the lease, mm -hmm. um, was leaving. Okay. And another artist was leaving too. He didn't want to take over the lease. Mm. He didn't want to be in charge of bringing artists in. Right. Um, and he didn't want to lose the space. Gotcha. So he was very panicked. And, uh, I was like, uh, so what you're telling me is, is that the studio is open. Like you need somebody to take over the lease and bring artists in. Right. And I was like, I think I can help you with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the thing about blue cone is I never, like I never wanted it to be a space where artists just come in and have their own little box and don't relate with each other. Sure. You know, like I've always been very collaborative, community interested, like, hey, let's do a bigger project. Mm -hmm. Let's do something that we can all be a part of. Mm -hmm. I think I just, I've always just wanted to make art with other people. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, my first career, I was a, an actor. Yeah. Um, before that, I wanted to be an artist, but I did not want to, I was very, very concerned with the solitude mm. of being a visual artist. Interesting. Um, I think even in my youth, I knew that I was not socially adjusted enough that that would make it worse. Interesting. <laughs> socially adjusted, that's a, that's a great way of putting that. <laughs> I was like, if I just go from this into more of this, right. like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get anywhere. Right. So right. I joined the theater to really to like experience that human contact and experience that human how to how to relate with people and that was a really um incredible profession for that yeah you know it made me not like for a long time i thought maybe i was an extrovert because of it mm. you know but it's weird coming back around to the art when i knew that i wanted to do it i still knew that i didn't want to do it completely alone got you Right. Gotcha. It was always because of the theater, there was always more of a production to it. When I came in again, just kind of being like, I've been a solo artist the whole time. I'm trying to find my way. I'm like, you guys started doing Tuesday Tea. And then it was like, okay, this place has a very, very particular energy. Yeah. That you really couldn't find anywhere else. No. And it was like, you know, every Tuesday night, 
whether you had materials or not, whether you had a place to stay or not, you right. had somewhere to be. Right. And that's what Blue Cone was for so many people. I don't even remember it starting. I just remember it did. And I think it was sort of my way where it's difficult for me sometimes to go out into go out to spaces because right. of my own anxieties sure. of creating a space that perhaps people would come to. I really wanted to make the most of this opportunity in this space on Capitol Hill when everything else was disappearing. Right. February 2020 was the last was the 24 hour 2-22-2020. Yeah. And Tuesday then tea. last and then. Tuesday tea, and then right after, like we had heard about COVID. Yeah. It was kind of getting this sort of like, is it happening? Yeah. Like this is happening. But I don't think we really understood what it was. No. I mean, we had like a hundred people up and through this shit. At all times. From, from everywhere yeah. that night. Yeah. I know I got sick right after it. Mm. I thought it was because I'd been running ragged. Right. Right. But I definitely had like two days of like, fatigue. Mm. We still didn't really know what COVID was. Right. And then it was March 13th, they shut everything down. Yep. And I was like, oh, I bet I definitely had that. <laughs> uh, the whole first part of the shutdown, mm -hmm. um, I was actually really relieved because mm. I was tired. Yeah. I actually did all right, you know, because it was the first time I really had really was just kind of taking time for just myself. Because mm -hmm. I was forced to. Yeah. And everybody else, I don't know if everybody else was in panics or having, I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was fine. Yeah. Um, all the way up until George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And then that shifted the year in a whole different direction. You know? That it did. It was so wild for me, having spent so much time in this building, to see that corner going as fucking crazy as it was. I was like, yo, Blue Cone is right there. Right. Realizing that it was so close to Blue Cone. Like, I'm I'm not much of a, I, I don't do well in the big crowds anyway, so I hadn't really been, I hadn't really been out, but I was definitely following everything and watch it and try being up on the front lines. And I had some videos sent to me. So I was really just kind of like- Keeping an eye on things. Keeping, keeping an eye on things. And there was a night, Omari got tear gas, mm -hmm. ran three blocks. You know, there was nobody out. There was nobody helping. There was nobody, there was no water. There was no nothing. It was just, it was, it was devastating, mm -hmm. right? And to know that it was so close to where we are. Mm -hmm. You know, and I live just right down the street also. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, this was all very, very close to yeah, home. Like yeah. it was like, I live like three blocks away. Literally. It's like, well, if this is gonna go, you know, we at least have to, we at least have to have some sort of counteracting of this tear gas. And so then, you know, we kicked off the mutual aid station at Vermilion. Just in my mind, I was like, can we just have like water? Like how do they, like, like I didn't yeah. know anything else to do. Yeah. I didn't know anything else to do. Yeah. So. So that shifted everything, you know, and that interestingly enough brought me to, uh, I called Julie C, mm -hmm. right? Julie, I called Julie C, I called Ju F Future Crystals, and I called Diana. Mm -hmm. And within 24 hours, Vermilion was packed. 
full of relief and supplies. You know, the uprising really just continued to like emphasize like we are the only ones out here taking care of us, right? Wow. And so that's really out of that forever safe spaces and this idea that we have to, you know, that that mutual aid around like protecting each other from this these 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 rents, these bills. Like how do we how do we survive as a community um, and protect the spaces that are already you know, like existing that might not exist at the end of this if we don't do anything about it. From creating space to prioritizing collaboration to, you know, being a leader in so many different ways for the arts community here in Capitol Hill and here in Seattle, you know, you've also, throughout all of this time, maintained your own practice and I I think I can I can speak to you know just kind of seeing how it's evolved over the years how you've gone from you know certain characters to mm -hmm. different forms to you know the pottery to the painting mm -hmm. to this type of cardboard canvas versus right. actual canvas to wood and all the things so like can you speak to a little bit just like your process and just sort of like what drives your desire with regard to it any given style that you're sort of practicing? What do you think? Start by saying that I pretty much failed every art class I ever took. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until later in my life that I realized, you know, like there's this ADHD, we're dealing with, you know, like certain things I'm not interested in, right? right? Um, but I'm, I'm a very, I've always made art mm -hmm. my whole life. Yeah. Even when I was acting, I made art, I made things, I made jewelry, I made bags. I've always, always, always made things. Like there's not a point. The, the points in my life where I was maybe the most miserable or, or depressed or like feeling unfulfilled were all of the points where I was not creating. Mm. Um, and uh, I've really always created for how I think I can share it. You know, I've ha I have a lot of patrons or people that have followed my work or, or supported me over the years, and they've watched me go through a lot of different things. And I think that just sort of speaks to my own um, emotionality, really. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm hypersensitive, highly emotional, and I, I have to process things with my hands. I, I did all of these last month um and i only made a hundred of these i started these mm -hmm. right because it came out of you know i was i was looking at the the evil eye and i was like oh interesting yeah. i had just come out of a black and white phase mm. winters tend to be more black and white for me right the the, the meditation of these circles was unreal mm. in a way that the black and white paintings were a different kind of unreal right you know it processed a different kind of thinking about community and relationship. You know, a lot of my work is about relationship. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's to like this plane, the next plane, each other, everybody, nobody. Right. You know, what are those relationships? What's that relationship of solitude to a whole world? Right. Right. How yeah. do we exist in that? I need an exploration of color that that is that where the action is simple you know black line work or heavy line work and that's like those are the story mm -hmm. right but i didn't want to think about the stories i wanted to like 
really dive into the feelings of the colors. Sure. And I feel them, like I feel them, like I have, like I can disappear into colors. Mm. And, but I needed some sort of action, some sort of painting that I could duplicate over and over and over again where I wouldn't have to think about the shape. And it was just, and the colors would come and I had to like constantly, I'm like, I, like none of the combinations were selected. It was all based on like, what the colors felt like. I had I had troubles, like I had to challenge myself to use reds and oranges because I didn't want to. Mm. And then I had to look at what those what those chakras were, what that what that red and orange means. Mm. Why am I in resistance to this? Because right. I needed to, I needed to deal with that. Yeah. And there was there's a lot around that. Yeah. You know, my style is to just kind of see what happens and go with that. Like what I what I ideally want to am interested in is large scale interactive immersive exhibitions mm. installations mm. like that's that's what i'd like to get to yeah um i'm i'm really like there are a lot of things that i don't do because it's not time right. but they're sitting there they're waiting like yeah. they i know like at a, there will be a time when this these little ideas that i've had or like have been working towards and then the, all things come into play on each other. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like this could weave into another series that, you know, like, yeah. so I don't know that, the, I don't, I don't know that it will end and I don't know what will happen. Yeah. Just the opportunity at the space has allowed us to push our creative practice forward to that degree. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important to make sure that this space is available um, to be used by those in our community um, and that it keeps going. Yeah. I'm so humbled, I'm so grateful for our time and, and that we've been able to like sort of bounce off each other and support each other all these years. Like it's really like, that's that's the relational work that we're talking about, right. you know what I mean? Right. And it's that sort of nurturing without competition or judgment. It's just like, whatever you gotta do, yeah. like how can I help? Yeah. Like. You know, you know, you can call me. Yeah, I'll show up. Definitely. We're good at that's that's the old blue cone, the old blue cone motto. Yeah. Show up, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the only rules. Just Literally. show up, and don't be a dick. You know, you can get you can get a lot done. Those two. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> good motto for life. Yeah, man. So thank you again so thank much, Carolyn, for all that you do, for just being an amazing person, an amazing artist, an amazing friend. You know, and a really, really like an awesome example of like community leadership and collaboration. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm glad we're here. Yeah. I look forward to our whole future. Yeah, man. You know what More I mean? dope shit. More dope shit. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and not being a dick. <laughs> That's right. That's right. As best we can. As best we can. These hands bear fruit and witness through muscle and memory to that which cannot be taught. Passing down the blueprint of flowers and wringing waters from the root bringing nourishment to the masses. There is no grade that can attain the heat that we sustain. path unclear to most and still we press on we flip survival into revival again and again be reminded of what you come from for life is the foundation of every generation
All right, folks, we are back. That was episode seven, The Art of Collaboration with Carolyn Hitt. Yes, we got we got Carolyn and Julie here. We're going to do a quick little recap of what we just witnessed. How are you guys feeling after seeing that? How are you feeling, Carolyn? I don't know. It was, um, I don't generally like watching myself yeah. in the videos and things <laughs> yep, like yep. that, but um, it was really great. Like y'all's production was really great. You know, like it was, it told the story, I think, you yeah. know, which is what we're here to do, right? Right. right. Tell the story. Absolutely. Um, and it was kind of, I don't know, it's cool to see it that way. Yeah. To hear it like that. Right. You know? Right. Like I can't even, I couldn't even tell you if you told me to like, Hey, why don't we talk about what we talked about in that interview? I'm like, I don't remember what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to recap it and it was just like, I don't know. I'm yeah. proud of us. Yeah. I'm, prou I'm proud of us being here. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So it was cool to see. Yeah. What do you think, Julie? Yeah, I was, I mean, it was really overwhelming to watch because I feel like it was such a masterful pulling together so many aspects of a really like really layered and nonlinear story. Yes, right. Yeah. And I feel like it's real, really like testimony to like the work that's done here at Converge. Right. The work that happens when we're telling our own stories yes. and a part of the stories and yes. from the ground level, like like just what is able to be conveyed right. and um it was really moving like oh, i was so like much. thank you so much yeah man uh, that's why we're here this is what it's, it's almost all about like speechless it's almost yeah like yeah we're trying to get there man and i have to get a shout out to brady mcatee behind the camera and on the edit you did your thing we got some tears out of Carolyn. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Brady's a good cat too. Yeah. Like he's real gentle, you know, like he's real, has great temperament in the studio, Absolutely. real easy to be around. Like yeah. he was great. Definitely. Appreciate, appreciate the work you do, Brady. Yes. And again, like, like Julia said, this, this episode was definitely incredibly layered and, you know, we all have ridiculously colorful and nuanced stories. You right. know what I mean? So to be able to take what I think we, we talked for about two hours that day yeah. and trying yeah. to distill it into, you know, 16, 20 minutes is definitely very difficult, you know, but, um, we talked, to, we talked to some really, really interesting things. Like we talked about, you know, your, your start in theater, right. And right. how that sort of brought you into, you know, understanding your relationships with people and those things of that nature. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that has uh, sort of evolved for you over time, maybe? Well, what's interesting is when I was in the theater, I was a performer. Yeah. Um, and I left performing because at the time, which was 20 some years ago, yeah. even at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, like the opportunities for anybody like me mm -hmm. were limited. Right. 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 So um, I left because I was told that I was I would be better when I was older. Sure. You know, and I was like, well, fuck it, then I'm going to go get older. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll call her. <laughs> hey, by the way, it's about that time. Right. Um, no, but but what was really interesting is that one of the things that I did in all of the theater was I was always on the building teams. Mm -hmm. So I built a lot of sets mm -hmm. and I really realized like that was a thing that I really, really liked doing. Like if I had yeah. had the nets, like I'd have been a prop master. Right, right, you right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe not even the whole set building, but I definitely liked all of those things. Right. I liked everything about how all the sets moved. Yeah. How, because, you know, Oregon Shakespeare Festival, like they go down and another one comes up and multiple shows and multiple theaters. Right. And really understanding that really, really 
helped me understand the complexity yes and how many people it takes and how many different types of artists it takes right to make one theater production right is every single kind yes yes every single kind yes absolutely down to the people who design the programs right down to the people that are great with um with audiences the house staff right you know that sort of like generosity of character sure um you know that 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 is patient that that can help navigate people you know like there's a creativity to all of that yeah and it takes every single one of them right and i think that was the most impactful thing about like why i do art the way that i do today Definitely, you know, because yeah. even even as a visual artist, mm -hmm. you know, I could make a career on my own, never talk to nobody, whatever. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was never appealing to me. Right. So mm -hmm. how do we do all these other parts? Mm -hmm. I just thought I was going to be an actor, but I realized that that's not the main part that I'm interested in, mm -hmm. you know, because I was like, as an actor, I was always out telling other people's stories. Right. And what I realized was I wanted to live my own story. I wanted to tell my own story. Mm. I wanted to have my own story, mm -hmm. you know, and my story was very much this. Yeah. Like the dream I had for myself. Right. Was what we are doing. now. Beautiful. You know, absolutely like, amazing. And so, hearing you hearing you explain it in that way and like your your uh, affinity for prop building and mastering right. and like again like you were no stranger to hard work and looking at blue cone you know what i mean i see it as your stage <laughs> right you know what i mean if you think about it that way it's like oh this is her stage that's and the little set the star I of the show <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's definitely like the correlation there is very very clear and that's really really cool um one of the other things we discussed in this show um with regard to your artistic process you talked about the series that you just did of, mm -hmm. of the eyes mm -hmm. and and your connect color and mm -hmm. the understanding of the chakra with mm -hmm. certain color. And mm -hmm. I just thought that was so dope because I don't think people would see that collection and think of that, mm -mm. you know what I mean? So the fact that you were able to do that within the process and have those sort of conversations with yourself and those questions come up during it is just incredibly fascinating. Can you expound on that in any kind of way? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, <laughs> I'm, it, it those are the conversations that I have, right, 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 right. you know, those are the conversations that I have with myself. Those right. are the conversations like I feel color in that way. Like mm -hmm. I like it when Julie and I show up and she's in her reds. Like I like it when she's in her reds <laughs> and I'm in my blues and I'm like, oh, this feels right. Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And the colors actually feel a certain like I have like hypersensitivity. Mm -hmm. Right. And the colors actually feel away. There were ways like there were certain color combinations that would literally like make my whole body go numb, mm -hmm. like, or like I'd fugue out on them, right. you know, and just kind of like it. And, and how do you explain that? How do you right. express that? But right. what it did when I said like, oh, that'll lead to another thing. Right. And so it did. Yeah. So now I'm into the series that I'll be putting up at Steve Gilbert's in July. Okay. Um, and, but it takes sort of the line work and the colors mm. and those combinations um like it just it's just gonna like i said it's just gonna go from there right you right. know but it, that's like it's all feeling for me like even down to the people that i meet and the people that i like have feelings about like mm -hmm. it's like it's so not premeditated like right. so little of my life is premeditated right i didn't have any plans i didn't have any plans to live this long right you know i had no idea i have no plans right. i have i mean now now i do and we have we have dreams yes, yes. but dreams aren't plans boom let's talk about it do you know what i mean let's talk so about it. like I'm, you know we're trying to work more 
away from like this, you know, but I don't want to get all the way away from the things that feel right. Sure. Because, you know, essentially like I paint so that there are things to feel good. Right. I paint as a stimuli. I mm-hmm. paint as a, you know, an instant gratification. Yeah. And a sort of like ADHD. What, is, what do they call it when you like self-soothing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I do it for. Sure. And so like to continue, we have to like, I'm going to have to continue that because that's my process of existing. Right. Right. <laughs> so Real however talk. that goes from there, I what about like, you? you do that. You do that. Yeah. Tell like us about, yeah. I'd love to hear yeah. you talk about this in this format too, because for me, like when we first met, that was part of what drew me. So like, it was like, oh my gosh, like here's this person. She's super dope over here doing all this, but really is owning that this art is part of my therapy. This art is part of my process. Right. And it allowed me to create space because coming from like a music hip hop situation, it's like, oh, you got to put it out like this and it's got to be a mixed and mastered. Right. And it was so like, there was no space. Like I started like, so I just love like it ties so much into what we're doing with Forever Safe Spaces too. When we talk about equity and cultural labor and what part of the process is valued and why. Right. Um, valuing the act of creation is something that is healing in yeah. our souls and, yeah. and therapeutic in our minds in existing in this world that really isn't built for us. Mm. Um, I just appreciate you for modeling that and, and just showing that it's dope and it's okay and it's the future. It's the future. It is the future. future. Yes, I love that. And I love where we are right now with art, which is, again, why I felt as though doing this show right now was so important, is changing the narrative on what's important in art. You know what I mean? It's not just about the product. It's not just about the finished product. It's not just about the painting or the building or, you know, whatever the the show, whatever the case may be. It's not about the finished product. It's about the journey of getting there. Right. And, you know, you guys are just incredible examples of that journey. And I want to thank you again for being here. You too. As are you. As are you. All right. I think we're about close to closing on this one. Thank you guys again for joining us for Art of the Matter Episode 7. We have, I think we have an overlay for Episode 8. Do we? Yes. Yeah. Episode A coming up May 16th. We have the art of curiosity with Miss Kamisha Turner. Now, Kamisha Turner is um, she's incredible. She does everything. She's multidisciplinary. These guys know her. They know what they know what's going on. So May 16th, we're tuning in. We're checking in with Kamisha Turner. Be sure to tune in for that one. Um, Again, thank you guys so much for being here. I want to give a shout out to everybody who's watching. Um, I saw Bobby Stills in there. I saw Kayla. I seen Vermillion. I seen Irene Torres. I seen a bunch of folks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Um, I have been T-Dub. And until next time, stay creative. Merge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.